Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. Yeah. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I am your host, Delvin Cox, and with me on the podcast is two special guests. Let them know who you are, brothers. All right, you got Madden and Thundercook, and we're the heavyweight chunks. <laughs> Welcome on the podcast, guys. How you guys doing? Oh, man, we're doing good. It's, it's, it's you know been a long week at, already, and it's only Wednesday, so you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, as always, as always, we'd like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five asks to get the ball rolling. Guys, are you ready? All right. Okay. Question number one. What is the best album or song you've heard in the past year? And it does not have to be new. Oh, I can answer that one easily. Anything by Ghost. And you are a Ghost fan. I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm going to go with the Take Me to the River soundtrack. Uh, okay. Take Me to the River and Ghost. Uh, yeah, Take Me to the River soundtrack. It's uh, an album that is record was recorded at the Stax uh, School of Rock. And it's uh, the kids getting in with the old blues legends and recording and cut tracks. They had people like Snoop and all kind of people come up and show up in Memphis to record this thing. Well, that sounds pretty cool, actually. Hey, look it up, man. Look it up on Amazon. If you've got Prime Music, you can listen to it for free. Oh, let me check that out then. That sounds awesome. All right. Question number two. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coke. That's literally unanimous. <laughs> Nobody likes fucking Pepsi. <laughs> Everything makes you bloated. You were born bloated. Probably. Probably I hurt my mama when I come out. Your head was the same fucking size then. <laughs> All right, question number three. Each one of you got to tell me what's the dumbest thing you've done as a kid. And I guess Thunder Cookies, you go first. 
give me your top five wrestlers. I guess Maddox, you go uh, first. Hey, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me some. Uh, you're gonna have to kind of give us some ramifications here. What are the specs? <laughs> any specs, any specifics you want to give? You want to say top five? Are we going top five babies, heels? Are we going what is there a specific era you want to choose from? What are we working with here? You know, you know what? Let's do this then. Top five 90s era wrestlers. So from 1990 to 1999. So better yet, I'll even narrow it even further for you. Top five attitude era wrestlers in terms of you could go WCW, of course. So attitude era slash NWO era. Okay, I can work with this. You so want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. You want our top five? Yes, yeah, so that's essentially 95 to 99, I want to say. That sounds about right. I'm going to okay. go with Brian Pillman. Great choice. He worked in both because he worked in both companies. I think it worked, makes a great tie. Yeah. Uh, Flair. Yeah, I go, you can't do it without Flair. Uh, I'm looking at the attitude area. You gotta say Austin because I think he was a better technician than The Rock. Yeah. The Rock drew more money. I think Austin was a better performer in the ring. Owen to me was always better than Brett. Okay. For num for number five for me. Just because he only did a little bit in the attitude era and because I want to throw him on here. Gilbert. The great Muda. <laughs> oh. I like Muda. because he tagged he tagged with uh, Vampiro during the dying days of WCW. I loved him, but I liked him better in his run against Sting and Flair in the early '90s. But it's still Muda. <laughs> yeah, Muda was awesome. Number one, number one for me, Ric Flair. Number two, Shawn Michaels. Number three, Jushin Thunder Liger. Okay. I did, uh, wait a minute. You can't count him in the 90, in that era. He was 94, 95. Yeah, but he didn't work in the Attitude Era. He was gone by the time they did the roll around. He left around 94, 95. He didn't stick around for the NWO side. No, but he was there for Nitro. The very first one, that's before the NWO, that's before the Attitude Era even took off. Hmm. I'm calling I'm bullshit. To tell you you got to pick another one. Okay, fine, bud. Uh, Number four. Hmm. I'm going to say Mr. Perfect. Okay. I'll allow it just because of the NWO. and I was going to say, which Mr. Kurt Henning you talk about? Because he was Kurt Henning in NWO. He was Mr. Perfect before Attitude Era. He's always going to be Mr. Perfect to me. <laughs> no matter where you go. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, hell, it was Mr. Perfect that lost the AWA title to Jerry Lawler in Memphis, in my opinion. So. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who's number, number five? five. Uh, number five. Mm. It's hard not to pick somebody from ECW. Yeah, I'm, time thinking, frame. I'm thinking Balls Mahoney. I mean, that's not a bad idea. If I were going to go with an ECW guy, I think it would have probably been RVD. That's well, what I was what thinking. Yeah. Or Taz. Yeah. Yeah. What turned me on to Paul's Mahoney was when uh, he wrestled uh, Matt Stryker 
Oh God, I remember that. Yeah, it was a wrestling clinic. It wasn't hardcore, no blood. It was a yeah. It wasn't the chair swinging. He wasn't a chair swinging freak at that point. Right. Was, yeah. And yeah. My favorite line. My favorite line is by Taz. Matt Stryker had his face on the butt of his pants, and Taz says, "You got to wonder about a guy who likes to sit on his own face." <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. All right, Elvin, you asked us. So I, I've now got to know your top five. Attitude arrow style. Okay. Huh. Sting. Goldberg. Okay. You are. Well, during Austin. that era, I can't argue with Austin's Go- easy. Yeah. Um. So Sting, Goldberg, Austin. Yeah. Those kind of were the top draws in that era. I want to pick somebody from the NWO, but I don't want to pick Hogan because Hogan's a piece of shit. <laughs> so, um, if I were going to pick an NWO guy, I would pick the one that could work, and I would go with Scott Hall. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good choice. Scott Hall. Sober. Sober Scott Hall. Sober Scott Hall. And, and I think if uh, I'm picking from that era, I also look at Booker T. Yeah. yeah, Booker T was one of my legit one of my favorite WCW wrestlers of all time. Yo, man, GI Bro was the shit. <laughs> yeah, GI Bro, that final run where he literally was the only person holding WCW up on the back like that God. last that last year WCW was atrocious. When it was him and Scott Steiner and Jeff Jarrett working each other in the main event, like Sid Fishes and Animal came in. Ah, oh. yeah. But, but if it, yeah, if it wasn't like for Booker, if it wasn't for Booker T, I wouldn't even watch. It. That's how bad it was. It was like, oh, this is horrible. Now, I can't argue with you because yeah. WCW that last year, there were some bright spots in the young talent, but they weren't even letting them get over. Yeah, I didn't even know AJ Styles was even there. <laughs> like, that's how bad. Not it was. only was he there, he was in a tag team partner called Air. He was in a tag team called Air Raid with a guy by the name of Air Paris that he used to tag up with in NWA Wildside. That's crazy to think about. Worked, I didn't even know. They you worked in the cruiser. Go back and try to find the cruiserweight tag team tournament that they had right before the WCW went out of business. And I'm, you'll I'm see AJ and you'll, you'll see AJ and Air Paris working a couple of those. I, I will say this: one of the things I do enjoy doing now is watching the last, like going on the WWE Network and watching the last year of WCW and find those matches I never knew happened. Because it was so bad, I just like stopped watching. So I missed like a whole bunch of right. matches. Like there was like a bunch of random Scott, um, Scott Steiner Goldberg matches around that time that I never saw. Huh. Oh God, like, Scott Steiner! And it was like I think it that was around the point where Scott Steiner just didn't care at that point. So he would just say whatever he wanted to to whoever he wanted to at that time, and it was just fantastic. <laughs> He was he had fully adhered to the Steiner math principles at that point. Big time, big time. All right. Question number five for the five for five. Zombie apocalypse is happening walking dead style. You guys gonna take five things with you to survive in this world. Anything you want, by the way, you can take. Can we make it up? You can make it up. That is allowable. Oh, <laughs> so each one of each one of you can take five things. What are the five things you're taking? 
I'm taking a sawed-off shotgun with uh, with unlimited ammo. Okay, I'll allow it. I'm taking a shit ton of MREs that I'm stealing from a nearby National Guard armory that they left alone. Okay. I am. Uh, I am also taking a. I'm probably going to find myself an electric car. That's actually pretty smart. Because they tend to be finding ways to make electricity at this point, so you can still get around. So I find myself an electric car. I want myself a. Hmm, I'm going to need a. I'm going to live at a distillery, so I'm going to find a big whiskey distillery so I can stay drunk. Okay, that's a good idea. And number five, hot sauce. Hot sauce? Because if they turn me into a fucking zombie, at least I can still get something with some flavor. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, I'm going to be the fat drunk. They're going to get me. Yeah. Uh, Not looking too good. <laughs> I would, t- I would camp out at a sporting goods store on the roof okay. with a uh, high-powered rifle, unlimited ammo, and a fat guy that's bigger than me that can hardly run. Somebody you can outrun. <laughs> in other words, you're going to be kicking me in the knee so I have to take the shot from the zombies. <laughs> I, didn't say, I knew I was going to fire your ass at some point. Machete? <laughs> I'm a machete and uh, MREs. That's a good idea. I like that. Can we, add, this. Can, we, can we add a honorable mention because it's going to be a lonely time? Yes. Rocky, I'm thinking we need to go probably find the fleshlights. <laughs> Okay, okay. Let me ask this question now. Are you you only getting one flashlight or are you getting two flashlights? I'm not sharing mine with him. No. That's that's what I'm asking. <laughs> I I don't know I don't know where he's been. I don't know where he's been. <laughs> <laughs> and the places I do know that he's been, I ain't going. Because nothing 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 would suck more than getting the STD from a flashlight. <laughs> Actually happened on an episode of a TV series called Blue Mountain State. I've never seen that show. People keep telling me about that show and saying it's really good. I okay, you need to check it out. It's on Amazon Prime now. It was a, I want to say it was a Spike TV show when it came out. Yes, and that's correct. It's about a fictional, yeah, it's a fictional college football team, and one of these guys was the linebacker Thad, and Thad had a lucky pocket pussy. Okay. And the guys found out about it. So all the guys used it. And everybody on the fucking team got crabs. Oh, <laughs> and it's one of the funniest damn things. I, and it's funny because right after I saw that, I was flipping through that night and I turned on an old episode of uh, the Cleveland show. And it was a fucking episode where somebody came in and Rollo goes, I'm going to go upstairs and get my Lake Tahoe pocket poussoir. But somebody goes, it's a coin purse. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good show. 
Oh, God. I wish they would let Rollo have more interactions with Stewie on Family Guy. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I, I like Rollo. I, I used to love the Cleveland show. It was such a good show. Don't know I why they got it. rid of it. I like it better than Family Guy. I did, too. I like American Dad Family Guy. American Dad's really good, too. All yeah, right, Roger, so, anything with a drunk, drunk, uh, possibly homosexual alien is always great. <laughs> so, tell me about a little bit about your podcast for those who don't know. God, um, well, our podcast arm really doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's still out there, but it's more for us to use to put out our on-demand episodes from the radio show from Radio Memphis. And uh, what we do is uh, our show has it, it morphed because when we first started, it was really we were focusing on movie reviews and, and interviews and kind of handling that kind of thing. And as we have moved forward and gone on throughout this, we've kind of moved into talking more about general things in pop culture. We get into the wrestling side of things a good bit. We still do have a, a good many interviews, but not as many as we used to do. I mean, you, you see a lot more shows where it's actually just us nowadays. I don't know why anybody would listen to these two. Right. We fuss all the time. We're, <laughs> we're constantly taking pot shots at each other. Yeah. And I think that's what people want to hear these days. All right. By the way, stay away from my pot. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no comment. Give your thoughts. Whatever. I mean, well, it is what it is. We got the radio show. We've had it for what a year and a half. Oh, got almost a year and a half. Yeah, and uh, looking at big things happening later on in the year. Yeah, uh, there's some stuff coming we can't really talk about. I don't know exactly how that's going to play out, but uh, there's some other things that are coming. Some changes that we're going to make. Uh, we've added a few new things. We've started having a lot of fun with. Uh, what we call the hillbilly headlines, which is where we find the most ridiculous damn news stories that we can. And we will, we we will cover those. Like one of our favorites is actually one of the very first hillbilly headlines. As a matter of fact, I think it was on the first radio show that we did the hillbilly headline that this one came up and it is still our favorite one. The one with brother and sister. Yes. It was a, it was a brother and sister. I think it may have been half brother and sister. I'm not really sure. No, it was brother but they were in Georgia, and it was a younger brother and an older sister. And somebody had called them on this vacant truck stop lot because they saw people nosing around one of the 18-wheeler trailers. Well, they get there, and the brother and sister had been watching the notebook in one of the 18-wheeler trailers and shagging like crazy. <laughs> and the police stopped them and arrested them because they were walking down the street away from it and he had his hands in his sister's back pockets on her jeans while they were walking down the street. And the police officer said, that is not a brother and sister. We need to talk to them. They pulled, they stopped them and ended up arresting them for it. Incest is alive and well in America. Georgia, actually. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't Alabama. Or Arkansas, but then again, that's just bad on Jody B. So we don't want to wish that on him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's he's well aware of that. <laughs> I'll just say that much. I'm sure he's got a cute cousin he's flirted with a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> I go to family reunion. That might be why he got shot in the face. 
He's going to hear this and have a laugh on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I still I can't help but go back to my favorite line during one of those damn roasts. And my favorite line is still when somebody said something about when we got rolled around to rolled around to Jody's time and I'm sitting there getting ready to talk about Jody and I go, poor Jody B. If he had just met Amanda earlier, if he'd have met Blunt Mommy earlier in life, he would have learned how to properly take a shot in the face without losing half of it. <laughs> I think that was the first one. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly, the second, is where I, the second one's where I coined the term the, the Cajun cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this because I'm, I'm quite sure people don't want to go to one of this. How does one get a radio show? How's that a thing in current <laughs> modern times? <laughs> Uh, okay, just look. We are not on terrestrial radio. What you would think of as far as on your radio dial in the call. Uh, we have gone to, we're, we're on an inter- internet radio station. It's actually one of, I think, 10 to 12 in the country that actually does live streaming and video along with the radio output. And uh, we had the guy that on the station it's all a matter of who you know in this situation. I really believe this. Um, I had been a caller when he hosted an afternoon show on a terrestrial station in Memphis. And I would email and call in on occasion and answer questions and stuff with him. And he and I kept in touch over, you know, over messenger and stuff on Facebook. I sent him a message one day and I said, Hey man, you want to jump on the podcast? And I'd love to talk to you about your time over at one over at the other station. And, talk about you know you getting started with a radio memphis and he said sure he said i actually was listening to your show somebody had pointed out i wanted to uh get with you and have you guys come guest on mine too why don't we do a guest swap so he comes on the show we do the interview we we wrap everything up he says so boys you got any other questions and i very jokingly just say yeah can we have a fucking job (laughs) and that was in april yeah and in October, we we started, uh, we, in October of that year, we started on Radio Memphis on Tuesday nights. Ain't that something? Yeah. And it's, it's all just the stuff been, you don't take. crazy. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, you know, it was just one of those things of, I can't believe I just asked, oh my God, can I have a fucking job? And, and now all of a sudden, oh yeah, I have a fucking job. And it's <laughs> It, it really is. I mean, we've gotten to meet some fantastic musicians. I mean, Jesus Christ. Delvin, we've been in the room while Willie Hall from the Blues Brothers is playing drums in the same goddamn room. That's cool. That is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the people that we've had the chance to meet down there has been just crazy. It's been well above our pay grade. I can put yeah. it that way. We're above our pay grade with the podcast. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so look- and we, ask, I, mean, I want to ask you guys both this, because I think this is important. I think this is interesting since you brought it up. What is the process like of getting guests for your podcast and for the radio show? Because you guys both, you just said that you're way above your pay grade with the podcast. And now you're saying with the radio show, you're way above your pay grade. So how does one get to that level? I'll be honest. When I first started, I had, this, I had a simple approach. Anybody that I wanted to interview, I reached out to them on social media and I developed the attitude of the worst thing they're going to tell me is no. And if they tell me no, then I move on to someone else. 
Um, that's how I got a lot of how I got guys like uh, Mike Zapsick from Comic Book Men. I got uh, Matt Penfield from MTV2 from 120 Minutes. Uh, God, uh, several people. And then Bill Alfonso. Uh, God, yeah, Bill Alfonso. Uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy's done the show. That's pretty Neil cool. Ross. Oh, yeah, we had Neil. We had uh, the guy that was the voice of Shipwreck on G.I. Joe's done the show. Cheeto Santana. Yeah, well, we did. We, we've worked with uh, we've worked with a couple of bookers that have been guest bookers that are friends of ours. Uh, well, one that's friends of ours, one that I would rather I wouldn't piss on if he were on fire at this point. That's the only to put him out. I'd be about the only way I'd do it. That made. I'm going to tell you there was one particular podcast uh, booker that we worked with that made doing this show a living hell. Okay, you, you got to tell that story. Um, I'm not going to give his name because he. I mean, Jesus, you don't hell, have to for all I know, he may still listen. No, but uh, this guy would literally started out as I've got people that I need to put on shows. Doesn't cost you anything to book them, and that was great. So started taking people. Within three to four weeks, he is calling me five to eight times a week. And he's calling me with people that are not even under contract with him, trying to book them from book them with me to get him so that they will sign with him. Huh. And it got to the point where he wanted to be the PR guy for the radio station. The boss did not like the way that he had been handling some things. And when he said no about that, this dude sent me like a lengthy email going off on me. And uh, then about an hour later, sent one apologizing and trying telling me, you know, everything's fine. I've, I've overreacted. And I'm like, nah, sorry, bro. Fuck you. I'm done. You've already said I was, you've already fired me as a client twice in less than a week. I'm, I don't need it three times. That's crazy. Oh, shit about everybody else that drops and anybody that drops him he will talk shit about and that's just how he is so he's just bad business in general essentially in yeah. general and yet people still use him wow it's be be very very leery of people that offer you free guests right off the bat and the first thing that you need to ask them is to tell you who all they represent because you will end up getting some stinkers. Yeah. This guy tried to get us to book his third grade science teacher. <laughs> oh, 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 hold up. You're joking, right? His third grade. No, science just teacher. his third grade science teacher was just a friend of his and he wanted to put him on the show. I'm like, no. He doesn't fit what we do on this show. Why not call him? If you want to put him on a show, put him on yours. Start one, put him on your show. I don't know the guy. He does me no good. I'm curious. What the fuck he expect y'all talk about with his third grade science teacher? I don't know, aside from maybe the fact that the guy's nuts never dropped. I don't know. <laughs> so, let me ask you both this. First, before we get into more about the radio show stuff, how did you two meet? Yeah. Oh, you bet. Oh, okay. It was uh, 2005, I think. 2004, 2005, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he was on the, uh, well, we had a school bus change in for wrestling. 
And uh, he was sitting back at the back with some of my friends and cut, cut my bigger than shit. Get our pleasantries, and it's been a hoop since. We, for God's sake, man, he used to wrestle under the name the Ghetto Fabulous Jerry Curl. Okay, no, no, no. You have to explain and elaborate that one. How did that happen? That was my first game. It was uh, my trainer, Tony Dabbs, and a uh, guy I used to tag with. He's right. And it was getting time for me to finish up my training and start wrestling in the ring from the crowd. But I got to have a gimmick. Tony said, I see you coming out of that locker room with a temp suit, big hat, big shoes like like Austin Powers hair, and uh, in gold, member. I think that's right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He goes, but you need a name. I, I, I see it. It's Ghetto Fabulous. And uh, Izzy says, yeah, but he needs a name. Like, what about Tito? I'm like, hell no. Tito don't sound. No, no. I said, I've got it. I said, what? I said, it's perfect. Ghetto Fabulous Jerry Curl. They loved it. And I did that stick for about six months. Then I changed my, I, I quit doing it and started doing my Devin Reigns character. The cro- it started out as the crotch rocket Devin Reigns. And it got turned into dead sexy Devin Reigns because of one of my friends. And now it's turned into Thunder Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Almy. Yeah, that's all Almy's fault. That is a lot of th- it's all Almy. A lot of things is Albie's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard a few of those episodes. (laughs) Let me ask you this. What made you want to get into wrestling? Well, for me, it was just I was always a fan. Um, I grew up watching it with my granddad. We would watch Saturday mornings around... uh, Around Saturday mornings in Memphis... You know, on, on Channel 5, you had wrestling from 10.30 to noon. And it was local. That was Lawler, Jerry, Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee, you know, the Moondogs. That was our crew on Saturday morning. So I'd get up, watch the Saturday morning show, and, and my granddad and I would watch uh, the WCW when it came on on Saturdays at 6.05. My mother's show. And whenever they would do Clash of the Champions, I'd always go over there and watch wrestling with him. And we'd go to anything. They would do house shows or our fundraisers at schools, we'd go around to the live stuff. And I'd just been around it and watched it for a while. And uh, it happened that uh, the promoter that was doing a show where I was working that weekend or the, the weekend, the next weekend came in with handsome Jimmy Valley. And they're getting ready to do, it was going to be his retirement tour. Now this was 15 years ago or better. So it's almost 20 years ago, and he did. He just finally retired, I think, maybe five years ago. Uh, but I met Handsome Jimmy. I did the interview, and I did the story, and the guy that was promoting came back around, and he said, hey, man, I remembered you were a wrestling fan. He said, you want to come and uh, do a special referee spot for us because you're working for the paper. That'd be a big thing. And I said, you know, and I've got bad knees. And I was like, I've got bad knees. I don't really want to get into the ring. I don't want to screw, risk screwing up anything for anybody else. I said, but I love to run my mouth. I said, Can I, will you put me down there on the microphone for a show? 
he stuck me down there on a microphone for a show, and that was the end of it for me. That was I mean, I started working for him on Friday nights, every other Friday night when he would do shows. And when he stopped, I was working in Tupelo at the same place. Uh, Thunder Cookies was working, and then I was working every other like every other Saturday too. And I just I got into it because it, it let me really just be a pompous asshole and piss everybody off. Cause you're, you're that evil. You're naturally an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, why does your breath smell like shit? Because <laughs> I ate some bad booty. I told you not to go down on that bitch. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I've always liked the business and I enjoyed getting in it and talking shit. And I had a blast getting in it and talking shit about people. Uh, we had a... <laughs> Oddly enough, there was a guy, a Latino wrestler that used to work in Tupelo, and his name was Dirty Sanchez. Yeah, Dirty. That's Got a good name. And, yeah, and uh, and I used to give Dirty hell from the announce desk. You know, I would be like, he'd be the TV champion. I'm like, hey, anybody that wants to go see the TV title, be sure to go after this match. Just Dirty's got to be back for the second shift at Taco Bell. <laughs> I would give him so much hell that when I finally went up there and turned full blown heel and I hit him in the head with a trophy, I grabbed the wrong trophy. Hold on. <laughs> I stiffed him and I was like, man, that, you made that shot look good. He's going shot. You knocked the shit out of me, boy. <laughs> I'm like, well, they didn't train me. They just said, go hit dirty. Greatest I've ever been for dirty was that night. Uh, stood, run out, grabbed the top rope, pulled it down, and instead of hooking the rope and falling out, hitting the apron, he just whoa, he turned his back and he just swung dive back first on the concrete. I'm like, oh my god! Oh, yeah. He said, I didn't feel a thing. I would have. <laughs> <laughs> if you had been the one trying from that far up and hitting the ground, everybody would have felt. There would have been so, a fucking aftershock. So, <laughs> just let, me, let, let me ask you guys this. How did you come up with the name Heavyweight Chumps? A fluke. We were sitting there trying to figure out. He goes, what do you want to call this? And I'm like, I, I'm like, I have no idea. He says, well, how about let's play off the wrestling thing and do Heavyweight Chumps. I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> and it just stuck. <laughs> I mean, it was literally, what the hell are we going to call this? <laughs> now, of course, her his his daughter doesn't particularly care for it because she says, don't you realize that chumps are just jerks? And he's like, well, I am a jerk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My daughter is very boy. I think all our daughters are very blunt. <laughs> I think that's the thing they just do. Oh, my God. I, she was about eight years old, and she was just giving my son the business. My son's eldest. She was just giving him the business. The whole, you need to do this just running him down. And I asked her, I said, why do you do that to your brother? She said, well, nobody else is going to do it. I'm trying to toughen him up for the real world. I said, I've got no fighting this. Keep going. <laughs> oh, man. So, 
Who has been your favorite guest so far that you guys had on the radio show? Oh, this is tough. Now we got to pick favorite? Of course. Guess, what's my favorite child? Walter. <laughs> you had to think about it. Uh, I, if I'm going with my favorite guest, I'm easy. I'm going with Steve Cox right off the bat. It's between Steve Cox and uh, Ramos for me. Uh, damn it, I just had his name. Bobo T. Harlan. Oh, Bobo was great. Just because he said Harlan T. Bobo. Harlan T. Uh, he's a man hearing y'all's that southern accent is like cotton candy to my ears. <laughs> this guy is a—he's a Memphis musician, but he has been living in Paris for the last few years. And when we did the interview with him, he was—it was like eleven o'clock in Paris, I think, when we did the interview. Yeah. And he was just like, "I'm just—it's just so great to hear some voices from back home." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was great. Uh, but yeah, for me, it, it Steve Cox or. Rick Ramos, because I can talk movies with anybody, but Ramos can put me to shame. Uh, Steve Cox, on the other hand, you just never know what stories he's going to tell regarding what the Freebirds had him, or what Michael Hayes had him doing in the 80s. Michael Hayes seems like a wild dude. Oh, he gave a story about one time how Michael Hayes took him in a limousine and Michael was standing up through the top of the limo and he didn't realize somebody had rolled the window down. Michael was getting a blowjob while he was standing up through the sunroof, and the people were watching it through the window now because they done somebody had rolled the window down, and they were watching him get one. And they were applauding. <laughs> so, congratulations, Michael Hayes. You accomplished something the rest of us probably never will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's... That's a, that's a new one. <laughs> so, let me ask you both this. What are your plans for the radio show? Where you want to take it? I know you said you have a big announcement. You don't have to spoil that yet. But if you want to, you can. <laughs> but, yeah, what, what's your idea? What's your plan? I can't part? spoil it because I don't know what it is yet. Um, <laughs> I, I know that we want to... We'd always talked about the idea when we started this show was I've listened to a lot of podcasts, listened to a lot of, when I first started getting, got into podcast, it was, for me, it was mostly Joey Diaz, the occasional Rogan episode, if he had a decent guest, mostly a lot of Kevin Smith stuff. And, but I was a kid that grew up on morning and afternoon radio drive time. And I remembered what radio drive was to me in high school and college and how much I enjoyed that, how that played. And then I got in, I, I saw a movie on Netflix called a futile and stupid gesture, which That's is, a it's a, it's a, well, it's not a documentary. Wow. It's a biopic on the uh, founder of it's on a biopic on Doug Kinney, who was one of the founders of the national lampoon. Oh, and he's also the he's also the writer of one of the writers of Animal House and Caddyshack. Classic movies, and right, and they start talking about the National Lampoon Radio Hour, where they brought in everybody and started doing sketch comedy on the radio. 
And we got to talking about, I'd like to add some of the elements of the sketch comedy shows to that, you know, as either bogus commercials or some things like that. Like I've got this idea that I really want to do a commercial for something I'm calling Yabba Dabba Douche for when she wants to make your bed, bed rock, but it's not quite clean enough. <laughs> not a bad we idea. Also, <laughs> we also had one on our podcast. Oh, God. Blue Waffle Cafe. Run by yeah. Court Chop and and run out of the country courtyard kitchen. Cranston Country Courtyards, all spelled with a K. <laughs> Not quite sure that's gonna go over very well. Well, it was a trailer park, man. <laughs> it was a restaurant being run out of a trailer park. It wasn't supposed to be great. <laughs> Oh, we even had a titty bar next door. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what we called the titty bar. Lollipop. That lollipop. That's what we called the lollipop stripper. Yeah. Lollipop was the stripper. Yeah, I remember that. But I don't remember. I don't think she made but one appearance. I don't think we ever named the titty bar. I don't think we did either, but I know she, I know we had lollipop do yeah. a bit. <laughs> and I know we had somebody do pork chop a couple of times. Virgin. That's right. We called this. We called the strip club virgins with a Z. Virgins? That's yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like not, that's like not a bad name. <laughs> Come on, man. You know there ain't no virgins in a trailer park. <laughs> or, a <strip> <laughs> or especially at the strip club in the trailer park. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final look, question. Well, I'm gonna say this. Don't go near a trailer park strip joint, man. It's not safe. No, I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Uh, final question for you guys. I think it's going to be interesting. Who are, who, well, who were your favorite drive time radio hosts? See, we both come from different markets. He's from the Memphis market, and I was more central yeah for me mornings wise it, it started out with rock 103 with uh the wake up crew but eventually it turned into uh drake and zeke when they moved from afternoons at 103 over to another station so i kind of stuck with them uh so they became my morning show and of course the current boss that we have and his co-host at the time were my afternoon drive show uh, okay. It was uh, Rock 103 in the Afternoons with Dennis and Rick, which was one of my favorite things to listen to because they would ask these absurdist questions and I want people to chime in. And the, the questions, too, that I can remember calling in for, one was, uh, what is the one scene in a movie that really turned your stomach that wasn't one that you thought would? And the other one was named one piece of memory, movie memorabilia. If you could take it from any film, what would you want? Uh, the memorabilia that I want is I want those Gucci saddlebags from Blazing Saddles. That's cool. Uh, That's number answer. two, number two, the dinosaur scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, where the floors muck and it. Oh my god, that scene just freaked me the fuck out. I will still not watch that movie again. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Uh, for me, for me, it was uh, oh crap, uh, Jumbo and Billy in the morning, and in the afternoon on ninety eight five was 
a guy I went to high school with, Chris Burks and Steve Drum. They did uh, Drum and Burks. And that lasted, I think, about a year and a half or two. And then they split up. Burks is now in Vicksburg on a radio station. I don't know what Drum's up to now. I'll be damned. Let's see, I know, I know one of the, let's see, one of the guys from the Wake Up Crew is working in Chicago, I think, on like a country station now. Uh, yeah, uh, Bev Hart, who was always one of the regulars on there in the mornings, is doing sales for somebody, or she may have actually retired by now. Uh, I know, you know, of course, Rick's still in it. I know Drake is still in it to a degree with his podcasting side. But you've seen a lot of changes in radio from when we were, from when we came up on. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Stern was considered, you know, the the bad show to listen to. Yeah. I like to think we could scare Stern at this point. Especially with that dump I just took. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> the listener with the biggest bowel movement. <laughs> if you want him, you can have him. <laughs> you already give him away. Look, I didn't want him to begin with. I get stuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. <laughs> I have a wife. We'll make her do something. Oh man, this oh. has been a blast, guys. Thank you, guys, for coming on. Let them know where to find you at. All right, guys, if you're looking for us, you can uh, find the new episodes of the show every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight central time on radio-memphis.com or on the TuneIn app. Just search for Radio Memphis. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram by following at Mad Fat Loud or find us on Facebook by searching for the Beer Gut Brotherhood, the fans of the heavyweight jump. Trust me, we'll take all the chubby chasers we can get. Women are invited, too. That's why we call them the Chubby Chasers. Well, I didn't think that was... My wife hates that name, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for coming on. And as always, Delvin Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. If you'd like more content, you can go on patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There, you will find bonus podcasts, and a lot more content. Also, shout out to Patreon producer, Ben Goodwin, a.k.a. UK Ghostwriter. If you want to check him out, go on Twitter at ghostwriter underscore UK. Thank you. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. 
In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.